Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage knows that home is so much more than a house. It's the home of your dreams. And for 30 years, they've been making it better. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. More than likely 40 minutes away from five burning questions. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Also at one twenty p.m. Eastern, we got a call from Gary in Jacksonville on Thursday. I want to replay that call because he sounds exactly like I did three years ago. First, we've got to get to the hotline. Dallas is in a state of either denial or craziness or whatever you may want to call it. I don't know how I would describe their state. At 6-6, six and six, Jerry Jones at a crossroads, Jason Garrett at the same. Maybe some people feel that the cat's out of the bag like I did back on Thursday. I got, I woke up, I just had the feeling that the Bills were in my bones, that they were going to win that team, that they were better coached, that they were more ready to dismantle the other opponent, and they were able to do that back on Thursday. And it leads people to question the Dallas Cowboys. A guy who can question the Dallas Cowboys better than anybody else out there who can answer all these questions that I have, Brian Broaddus joins us. Find him on Twitter at Brian Broaddus, former NFL personnel man. He's a Super Bowl champ, back with the Green Bay Packers in 1996. He's on the radio at 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, and he's a big LSU Tigers fan. Hello, Brian. Good afternoon, Ken. Thanks for uh, such a nice uh, entrance there. I appreciate that. Well, I do my damnedest. Hey, first off, before we get to the Cowboys and whatnot, was LSU robbed this past week when Ohio State was placed number one in the college football playoff rankings? No, Ohio State is the best team in the country. They're the most complete team. When you look at them offensively and defensively, what they've been able to do, you know, it's uh, they play in the Big Ten, which is one of those things that can be a, a help or it could be a hindrance. And in this case, though, you know, when they've gone out there and played football, and I've seen a bunch of Ohio State games, they, they are very good in both facets of the game. And, you know, and that's the problem when I look at LSU – uh, yes, offensively, we've, uh, and I could say we, I'm a letterman there, a graduate of LSU, and, uh, you know, we don't play good enough on defense. There was one time in uh, in our lives that we did play well on defense and weren't very good on offense, and, you know, that's kind of flip-flopped right now. But, yeah, the most complete team in the country is Ohio State, very deserving to be the number one team in the country. Brian Broaddus joining us on the show. That's surprising because I'm based in Cleveland, All right, Brian, I get a lot of people calling up going, you know, Ohio State doesn't deserve to be number one. LSU is the team that deserves to be number one. How much does strength of the schedule matter when it comes to picking over who's the top four? Well, I think the strength of schedule is important. And, you know, LSU started off with a great win against the University of Texas. And, you know, but now Texas has kind of faltered along the way. You know, you look at some of the other victories, Auburn, not as, as impressive, Florida, kind of, you know, where they're at right now. You know, the Alabama win is impressive. I just don't think that's the same Alabama defense that we've seen in the past. Their quarterback was compromised. So, yeah, you know, it's nice to win those games. They're difficult games. You know, they're going to have a tough game at Texas, uh, with Texas A&M traveling in. You know, uh, uh, Kevin Mond did a great job last year. I was at the game in College Station, the seven-overtime game. You know, and, and, and he was outstanding. And, you know, A&M, uh, LSU had better be ready for that. I mean, they'd struggle on defense, like I said, Ken. That's, that's the thing I worry. They can outscore anybody, but having to stop people has been a big, big problem. And, you know, yeah, strength of schedule, yeah, it's important, but you've got to kind of look and see how those, 
those wins all add up at the end of the day. I got to admit to you here, and then we'll move on to, to the Cowboys, but I, I got to throw this by you. I kind of think Georgia's a patsy. I think Georgia's put there at four to get beat by LSU, and then it makes it easier to put Alabama in. Yeah, I think that, you know, the Alabama uh, question is really, really interesting because we need to figure out what's going on on the West Coast. You know, I mean, and, and that's, the, that's the problem that we all have, unless you're one of those uh, guys or gals that stays up and watches Pac-12 football really late at night you don't really realize how good Utah is. And I know that Oregon has a loss there, but I'll tell you what, I watched, I watched you know, Kyle Winningham in that group out there at, at, at Utah. That is a physical football team, you know, and that's a team that if they were to get in somehow, some way, you know, I don't think that, they're, you know, they're, people all see Alabama, Alabama, Alabama for what they are. But I'll tell you what, man, Utah has got a, a, a seat at the table as far as I'm concerned. From what I've seen them, how they've played this year, is the seat hot for Jason Garrett? It absolutely is, and it was it was hot when we all went to Oxnard, uh, you know, for training camp this year. You know, they, he he went without a contract extension. Uh, Jerry and Stephen Jones decided oh, let's let this ride and let's see if Jason can, in fact, you know, take this team further than just being in a divisional round and. You know, he challenged them yeah, they, they, as a unit, as a group. They put together this roster. You know, Jason comes from a football family. His dad, longtime NFL coach and scout, who I worked with at the Cowboys. So he understands the makeup of what's going on, what's ahead of him. And it's been, uh, quite frankly, a big disappointment. You know, you look at how the season's progressed. There's been some games where he's had to be the, the difference maker in those games. When you get tight and tough in games – your coaching staff has to be the difference maker. And Jason Garrett clearly has not been the difference maker in several of those games this year, which has put them in the situation right now where they're 6-6. Six and six. I feel the exact same way. Brian Broaddus joining us on the show. I, I felt the exact same way coming in on Thursday. I thought, man, this, this really could be the watershed here where you have a team that's struggling to find respect by the rest of the league, B- Buffalo, and with a quarterback that, boy, they, I think they do a good job with him. And you're on the road, and if they win this game, I think this makes Dallas look ten times worse. And that's no offense to Buffalo, but Dallas is really supposed to win this division and, and is supposed to make a run here. And I'm, I'm not seeing it. Not, neither is anybody else, Brian. I, I don't have any more excuses for Jason Garrett. I know that Jerry Jones. I don't think Jerry Jones is going to fire him at six and six for crying out loud here. But is there a way that? that he pulls this thing out of the fire, or could this thing be too far gone considering what we saw transpire on Thursday? Well, they, you know, again, I I give Buffalo a lot of credit. One of the things I've been fortunate to do is be able every week study the opponent. And and I'm going to say Buffalo is not a common opponent for me to study. So, you know, I went back and watched some of their games. Very good on defense. The quarterback, I really liked him coming out of the draft last year. I thought it was a perfect fit for Buffalo when you talk about a big, tall, sturdy Big-handed quarterback playing in cold conditions. Good fit for Buffalo right there. You know, he did a great job. Brian Dyball called a great game uh, offensively for him. Set him up. They did a, a, a tremendous job of, of, of moving the football when they had to. They got some key stops. They forced some turnovers. So give Buffalo a lot of credit on a short week for coming in here and getting it done. But, yeah, as far as J.C. Garrett goes, yeah, I think everybody's run out of excuses for him. You know, and, and I think after the New England game we heard Jerry Jones – the general manager talk. That was Jerry Jones, the general manager talking. After this Buffalo game, it was more Jerry Jones, the owner, that, you know, I have faith in Jason Garrett. I, you know, I'm going to go forward here. You know, I do believe, and this is just my opinion, 
I do believe, though, he would like to see Jason Garrett get this thing in the playoffs and, and see if they can make a run. I don't know how they make a run. They fooled me so much with the, with the talent on this roster. You know, maybe I misevaluated the talent that is on this roster. You know, because it's not playing like a team that can beat anybody in the playoffs. But the fact of the matter is Philadelphia is just as bad as you are right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see if that flips. But, you know, I'm looking at this, and if the Cowboys do get in the playoffs, I don't know how you could say they could beat Seattle, Minnesota, New Orleans, Green Bay, any of those teams. They've played several of them and just haven't been able to be good enough to win those games. So, you know, ultimately if Garrett stays, which I think he will, well then the transition will be, the contract will run out, and then we'll go out and get another coach that, quite frankly, it needs to be a coach that Jerry Jones pushes all the chips to the middle of the table. This doesn't need to be... Uh, no offense to Greg Roman, who's doing a great job with the Ravens. This needs to be a legitimate head coach. He does not need to develop a coach. He's 77 years old. They haven't been in the, 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 really the limelight as far as championship game Super Bowls in 25 years. This hire needs to be a big-time hire. This needs to take all the resources he can. He should not take no for an answer and, and go for it that way. Don't settle for somebody that – it's just going to you're going to have to develop, get a guy that's going to make you happy, but ultimately get this fan base where it needs to be, and then get you get back into the conversation about playing for championship uh, uh, games going forward. Brian Broaddus, 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Who's the number one guy you like? Me personally, you know, I, I, I think that they could go. Now, number one, guys, I do like Lincoln Riley at, at Oklahoma, and, I, and I'll tell you why. And, again, it's – it's a college guy that's established. Here I'm making this big speech about it should be a, a guy chips all in. The thing that Lincoln Riley does for me at Oklahoma, and Jerry Jones has had great success with college coaches. You remember with Jimmy Johnson and Barry Switzer coming in. He's had success with those guys. So what he needs to do, though, he, the, the, the coach that is, like I say, Lincoln Riley is established. He's got an offensive mind. He could hire a really good staff. I believe he could bring the type of staff in here that could get things done. A lot of energy, a lot of passion, offensive football, moving the ball, developing, continue to develop Dak Prescott, continue to develop this offense in the way it needs to be. You know, they, they're going to have to do some things on defense. If you bring in a guy, say Urban Meyer were to take this job, then Urban Meyer, I think, trust Urban Meyer to hire a really good staff. Maybe Urban Meyer, if, they, if Jerry and Steven really like what, what Kellen Moore has done, maybe it's a conversation with them that, okay, Urban, listen, we've got this guy right here offensively. We've worked. We've seen it work here with him. Would you be interested? That kind of thing. There's, there's different ways they could go. They should not settle. Again, don't take no for an answer. Heck, it, see what the situation is, and this is going to sound crazy, but see what the situation is in New England. You don't know what Bill Belichick's contract situation is. See what Sean Payton, yes, did he sign an extension? Everybody has a price in this thing, and I don't think no no stone should go unturned in this search for a head coach. Don't settle on a second-tier type of assistant or a rising-up-and-coming guy. Go get an established coach that can make this thing work. So you think a swing at, wait a minute, you think a swing at Bill, maybe? Uh, You don't know his contract situation. You do not know what's going on. Now, I, I know he's one of the top paid coaches. Jerry Jones should take every bit of his resources and try and make a swing at this thing. Uh, and absolutely, don't, don't just, just do it in a way to say, okay, where are you at contract situation? If they have to make him a $14 million a year coach, by all means, go make. See, the, there's no salary cap for coaches. Do what you have to do. Jerry Jones is a billionaire owner. 
You know, he could go out and take every resource he has, but don't take no for an answer. That's where I'm at right now with that. Again, it sounds crazy. It sounds far out there. But Jerry Jones, the last 10 years, has tried to develop a coach. I'm going, to, I'm going at all possibilities here to try and make this work. I'm 77 years old. I need to find a way to get this thing back on track to where it needs to be. So, again, they could very well say absolutely no. But he has the resources to go make things happen. And I, that's what I would do if I was Jerry Jones. Brian brought us with us on the show. What do you think about, uh, what do you think about Dak so far? Dak's been outstanding. He really has. And there was a time there where I believed that his stat line of 21 of 25 or 21 of 29 during a game for 251 yards and a couple touchdowns was where it had to be. Dak Prescott has proven that he can carry a team. He's proven that he can throw the ball 40, 45 times in the game. They can have some success. They've had to get away from it, though, the last couple weeks as far as running the football. That used to be their identity. But, yeah, I was worried about Dak Prescott, the turnovers, things like that. He is more than capable of carrying a football team. He, he can, he's, offensively, he's been outstanding. The last couple of weeks, I think, has been a struggle. The New England game is a struggle because of the conditions. Last week against Buffalo, Buffalo just did a great job covering and then also attacking the pocket. They had some turnovers in that area. But I think, overall, you have to be pleased with the development that Dak Prescott has made throughout his four years with the Dallas Cowboys. How big of a loss has Van Der Esch been? It's huge because Van Der Esch is a guy that you can count on to have those double-digit tackles every game. And, but Van Der Esch has not played as well as Van Der Esch played last year. As a whole, the, the linebackers, they've been, Ken, they haven't been very good up the middle of their defense. They've had mm-hmm. problems at defensive tackle. They've had some problems at linebacker. They haven't really tackled all that well. But Van Der Esch has been one of those guys that's been pretty consistent with it. But they haven't made those tackles for losses. They haven't made those big plays behind the line of scrimmage. Him and Jalen Smith both were guys that we saw that from last year. They've been bad at safety right now. Again, the middle of that defense has been a problem for this football team, and that's why they've given up some, uh, they've given up some plays in some games that have cost them because their inability to, to get those stops when they need to. Final questions, I'll let you go. If they get to a wild card, they win the wild card, they get to the divisional round. Does that save Jason Garrett, or would they still look elsewhere? I think they're still looking. I, I think this is, you know, we, as I said earlier, this has been a situation where they've gotten to the divisional round a couple of different times. And, again, I don't know how they beat a Seattle or Minnesota or somebody like that that comes in here and plays in a wild card round, to be honest with you. They just haven't been consistent enough or shown me that they can win those types of games. So that itself, but, yeah, I, I think this thing has to go a lot further than just a divisional round game. So, basically, it's get to a Super Bowl or kiss your ass goodbye. Well, that's kind of where we're at right now, Ken. All right, brother, I'll take it. Thank you very much for the time. You were wonderful. Brian, follow this man on Twitter. It's with two Ds. Brian brought us. Brian with a Y. We'll talk to you later, my friend. All the best. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate you guys. Take care. Thank you. Brian brought us. 105.3, the fan in Dallas. That guy's an insider. Played it. Scouted it. Knows it. Super Bowl champ. Everything. And if he's saying it, you're talking big game stuff with Bill Belichick as well. I got to consider that when we come back. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Also, five burning questions coming up at 1240 p.m. Eastern. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS. Brian Broaddus was just with us. 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. I don't know if we have it yet. 
We do have it. Thank you guys very much. If you told me I wasn't paying attention because I was looking it up at the game, it's like 7-6 right now, Ohio State over Michigan. It's been all J.K. Dobbins. Sorry about that, Tom. Uh, Brian Broaddus was just with us. He's fantastic, by the way. Follow him on Twitter. Brian with a Y and two Ds. Not like Calvin Broaddus, now Snoop Dogg. He mentioned a very interesting possibility as head coach of the Dallas Cowboys if or more than likely when they move on from Jason Garrett. Hit it. See what the situation is in New England. You don't know what Bill Belichick's contract situation is. See what Sean Payton, yes, did he sign an extension? Everybody has a price in this thing, and I don't think no no stone should go unturned in this search for a head coach. Don't settle on a second-tier type of assistant or a rising-up-and-coming guy. Go get an established coach that can make this thing work. So you think a swing at wait a minute? You think a swing at Bill maybe? Uh, you don't know his contract situation. You do not know what's going on. Now I, yeah. I know he's one of the top paid coaches. Jerry Jones should take every bit of his resources and try and make a swing at this thing. Uh, and absolutely, don't don't just just do it in a way to say, okay, where are you at contract situation? If they have to make him a fourteen million dollar year coach, by all means, go make. See, there's no salary cap for coaches. Do what you have to do. Jerry Jones is a billionaire owner. You know, he could go out and take every resource he has, but don't take no for an answer. Brian Broaddus, 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Now, let's add proper context to this. He mentions Lincoln Riley first. He mentions Urban Meyer. Then you kind of get into the the pie-in-the-sky type of thing. It's something I would never even consider it. Belichick 67. I don't know if Belichick would consider it, though. I I wouldn't even consider it a possibility. Belichick 67, he has what I think every coach wishes they have. And he basically had it when he took the job over. A lot of guys, they they might find themselves getting it. Like when Sean Payton first took over New, New Orleans, he didn't have the latitude that he has now. Even like Sean McVay, and I know people want to rip off and rip Sean McVay up and down. I went after that on Thursday. I think it's silly, and if I have to, I'll do it again today. But Sean McVay, over time, might get that type of latitude, but it's not where Bill Belichick is. Bill Belichick has basically unchecked power, with the exception of the, of the Garoppolo thing with Tom Brady. With the exception of that, he has basically unchecked power. And at 67 years old, it would be... Maybe the crown jewel. You have a younger quarterback. You could do things with him. At Tom, and I do think some of it's hearsay. I think some of it's the media wanting to do it. And I've held back myself because, yeah, I I don't think Tom can necessarily load up the way he was able to five years ago. But betting against Tom Brady is a fool's errand, and I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to allow myself to do it. Yet, I think for Bill Belichick, it's just too much of a gamble, isn't it? You have Zeke. You have a decent offensive line, decent defense. Now, I know that the defensive tackles, just like what Brian highlighted in the interview, they have not played the way you wanted them to. You've had injuries. Leighton Van Der Esch is banged up. You never know when Sean Lee is going to go down. Jalen Smith has been great for the most part. I would say so, but people disagree. And you have Dak Prescott, who's been wonderful this year and will rightfully get the money he deserves. So for, for Bill... Could you set up your system? You have one owner who went to you 20 years ago, basically hat in hand. Take my franchise. Take my franchise, mold it the way you want to mold it, do what you want to do with it, let's do this thing, and we'll say together, but it's basically it's you. 
Do you have any chance in any belief that Jerry Jones will ever allow that at 77 years old? Because there is a time where even though he's older and you can think, you know, this is your last shot at it, this is your last shot to look really good and to do it and before... I hate to say this because it sounds so morbid, and I, I am a admitted fan of Jerry Jones before you croak. It might be your last shot, but you could be setting the ways going, you know what, we've been doing it my way for a long time. We've done a pretty damn good job of it. And I need a coach who can do it. I've done a pretty damn good job of picking players. My son's done a pretty damn good job of picking players too. We've, we've learned this. This is our business now. This is our family business. I was an oil man. I am a football man now. It took 30 years of blood, sweat, tears, mistakes, silliness, triumph to a certain degree, but I'm where I'm supposed to be now. And my son's where he's supposed to be. And this, this organization, my organization, these Dallas Cowboys, are going to be left in good hands, damn it. I don't know if Jerry wants that, and I don't know if Bill wants that. It's worth a shot. It is worth it. It's worth it. It, it. it doesn't hurt to have a conversation, even if it just drives up the price for Bill. It doesn't hurt to go out there and go, hey, what's your, what's your contract situation? I would imagine if Bill has the type of power he does, I would assume that Bill probably has year-to-year autonomy over his contract and can probably get out at any time he wishes. I think Bill Belichick is a lifer in football. I don't know if he'll ever walk away. And... I think he's accomplished everything except one. That's a, that's an unbeaten season. I think that he wants the perfect season, and he got very close so far this year, and then he had one mishap against the Ravens, who are tremendously good. He's had one mishap. That's the one thing he might be going after, but it could be a different change and a different pace. But Dallas, going from New England to Dallas, where you are the biggest fish, you've taken New England as the bleeping Patriots, and you've made them the gold standard. Something that's unrealistic. I'm not trying to beat up on Tom here because I know we're pressed for time, and I'm not trying to get the last word in on Tom. Tom and I had a knockdown drag out an hour ago over Freddie Kitchens in his shirt, and he goes, man, you have the you have the blueprint right there. And I think New England isn't a blueprint. New England's a pipe dream. New England is the type of football team we create in video games, except they're real. And you have that. I don't know if you can just recreate that in Dallas. The thrill of the challenge of doing so, knowing that that isn't just an abomination of football. they got a lot of talent on that football team. That's why we're talking about firing Jason Garrett. But with what you've taken the New England Patriots in doing, to leave that to have this possibly be your last step, a guy like Bill Belichick thrives on competition and thrives on the challenge. I just don't know if I'd want to do it. Because I don't know if I can trust Jerry, and honestly, I don't know if Jerry wants to trust Bill. 855-2124-CBS. Five burning questions coming up next. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. It is time. Five burning questions. Tom, take her away. The whole show's been burning today. I like it. It has been. You've been hot. You've Oh, been. boy. You know what? I said, it's, it's the time of year for it, Ken. Your emotion was bubbling over like Chernobyl earlier today. <laughs> you got me on tilt. I, I was you were, calm man. until you put me on tilt. That's your fault, brother. For That's on you. For attempting to shape my opinion for me. But anyway. We, <laughs> I'm so, uh, no. That, well, isn't that okay. what we I got, that we what got we do? It. We got Thank through you. It. Go yes. ahead. Go ahead. All right. So in, in honor of this being rivalry week in college football, obviously Ohio State-Michigan going on live as we speak right now. It made me think, not that this rivalry doesn't have plenty of juice right now, but what is the rivalry in college sports and it doesn't have to be football either that has the most juice currently. Uh, most juice currently? 
<sighs> Alabama Auburn is is close, but no, I would say it's LSU LSU Alabama now, right? Mm, Wouldn't you say that's it? Because that's that's not a historical like no. they play for the shillelagh or anything like that. But it's it's a rivalry, and I would say it's still LSU and Alabama. Those two teams playing against each other are on a, on a different level. Because if you think about it this way, and I brought this up earlier, and I'll do it again. I, I'm sorry to tell this to you, Georgia fan. I love you, and I love Ugga. But baby, you're a patsy. You, the only reason you're there is as a placeholder for Alabama because I think that the committee. Now you could always prove me wrong. The committee assumes you're going to lose to LSU, and then after you lose to LSU, they can put Alabama back. And so it would be Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, Alabama, LSU, Alabama. Even though Clemson should have something to say about it, and certainly Ohio State should have something to say about it. But it would be LSU, Alabama back in the national championship again for all the Tostitos. Who ain't watching that? Tell me who. Everybody's watching that. And now Joe Burrow against Alabama can try to do it again, or Alabama could get him back with Mac Jones. Forget about it. I think that that is, I think that's the premier rivalry. I think college football's fallen a little bit, or college basketball's fallen a little bit, where I can't say it's like Duke, UNC, or Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky, or anything like that. Um, the premier premier is always going to be Army Navy, but that's because it's on another level. But when it just comes to regular old college football, baseball, basketball, it, it's got to be right now LSU versus Alabama. Next, love that answer. Army Navy has been great in recent years too. Yes, it has been. Yes, uh, it has. So anyway, make Mike Garafala reported this morning on NFL Network that sources say Redskins owner Dan Snyder is evaluating team president Bruce Allen's status. Now that shouldn't really come as a surprise to anyone. Given What's what an the evaluation? Looked, exactly. And Going the, to Home Depot to get the boxes. Yeah, but then it got me thinking: Is there even any hope for Redskins fans in the idea of moving on from Bruce Allen? As far as what a different person, like are they bring in a new guy to be the same results? Yeah, is there a reason to actually be optimistic oh. about changing team president? Uh, I'm Will not it sure the trajectory of that franchise. Well, it depends on where high, how high your draft pick is and really what you think of Dwayne Haskins. Because if you end up getting, what are they at, number two right now? Are they slotted at two or are they slotted at three? I believe it's two. Let me double check that. Okay. Right. If they're slotted at two, I, I don't care. I think you had, I think somebody there needs to talk about Justin Herbert. I know Whoa. that you just drafted I know you just drafted Dwayne Haskins. They're three right now. Sorry, the Giants. Okay, they're the third. Giants well, then, then that changes things. Well, yeah, I don't know if it does because the Giants aren't going to take a quarterback. No, they're Chase Young. Um, yeah. Oh, God. Now that – tell you what, that changes the Giants a bit now, doesn't it? Um, not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing whatsoever. That'd be a nice – obviously a great fit for them as long as he doesn't get banged up. And he's not a Bosa, so he shouldn't get banged up. Ooh. Um, <laughs> let me think about this. I hate to take shots at Dwayne Haskins. I think it's early in his process, but that whole thing feels forced. It, it depends on who you get as a general manager. If you get a guy who, and any one of those guys are going to say, I deserve the power, you're making me the general manager, so I should get power to, to make these decisions, then I think you need to evaluate every position. Because there's, there's no, you, you want to talk about juice. There's no juice with the Redskins. There's nothing. You get nothing. Like Dwayne Haskins is a rookie. You're, you can basically take him or leave him, and then the one time he wins, like they're not that good, and he takes a selfie on the sideline with one of the fans and misses the, the chance to take a knee. Unbelievable. There's no chance, there's no real fire that you get as a Redskins fan. I can't believe I'm saying this. Dan Snyder needs to go big game hunting. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, Dan Snyder probably needs to go get Greg Roman. 
I think that'd be a nice pick as a head coach. And then as a general manager, is Elliot Wolf ready from the from the Ron Wolf tree? Got to go executive first, though. Let the yeah, executive well, pick. Well, yeah, but jeez, uh, that's right. Because Allen's the team president. Do you, can you bring back Scott McLuhan? Ooh. I'm the guy knows how to pick talent. Okay. Let's just think about this for a second. Probably not, though. I'm probably just bringing up more bad Redskins ideas. So let's move on. That's kind of Sorry, my whole point Redskins with the question. Fan. Yeah. yeah. The only it, thing I can – you know things are bad when the only thing I can think of is more bad ideas for Redskins fans. Yeah, you got there. We got to the answer. <laughs> hey, let me take your situation and make it way worse, Redskins fan. That's right. That's right, oh, baby. So Go ahead. I'm so sorry, guys. Go ahead. All right, so Cardinals defensive back Josh Shaw was suspended this week. Actually, this was announced just yesterday. It was a Friday news dump by the NFL. He's suspended for the remainder of the 2020 season for betting on NFL games. Now, he is... So that's next year. That's next year, right? That is, yes. That is... is, He's on injured reserve, so he's out the remainder of this year and then through all of next year. Also, yes. Now, he claims that he didn't realize that because he was on injured reserve, it meant that he couldn't wager on games. So he's playing this as something that I would never do if I was active, that I'm only doing because I was on injured reserve and I don't understand the rules. He actually named a Supreme Court ruling that he misunderstood as his defense. This is the same Josh Shaw, by the way, who, while at USC, jumped out of a third-story window and then claimed it was to save a a young boy, I believe. Oh, my God, that's this right. This is the same Josh Shaw. Anyway. Oh, my goodness. Ken, this is kind of a major issue with the league, and I believe that's why they made the suspension for all of next season. This is kind of a major issue with the league moving to Las Vegas next year. How much do you believe that this sort of thing is an isolated incident to just Josh Shaw on injured reserve? What's that thing? You sleep with dogs, you get fleas. Like, this is part of it. Like, gambling has become mainstream. I think it was some – who was it? Who – oh, I think it was uh, Frank DeFord who said it. He goes, you know, at the time in the in the nineteen fifties and sixties, you know, people used gambling like they did brothels. Now there's not brothels all over the place. And it's been mainstream, it's been streamlined, where where gambling has become part of our culture. And I'm surprised it has been. I actually kind of like it when it was a little bit more seedy, but that's just me. Uh gambling has become really mainstream. Well, if you're gonna embrace it the way they have, you're gonna have situations like these. So the only way to deter it are strong penalties. And I think it is funny now that Josh Saw cites um, a Supreme Court case, but he doesn't remember Pete Rose, which I wasn't even surprised if he doesn't remember Pete Rose. Because some people are like, well, these guys don't know who Pete Rose is? No. Jarvis Landry didn't know that the Cleveland Browns, or the the Baltimore Ravens used to be the Cleveland Browns. He did not know that going into this year. He played for the Browns last year. He did not know (laughs) that the Cleveland Browns or the Baltimore Ravens used to be the Cleveland Browns. He did not know that. He felt he 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 knew that the Browns were like an old franchise. He did not know that they just didn't exist for three years. And what was the reason why? And so players don't know this type of stuff anymore. Like they're tw- what's Josh saw twenty seven? Does he really know about Pete Rose? Pete Rose is what seventy something? All time bad guy, by the way, Pete Rose. Uh, next. Okay, let's uh, go back three and a half years, not very long at all, to the 2016 draft where the top two players taken were Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, who both have been going through their share of troubles this year. Carson Wentz looked as bad last week as he has ever looked in his career, Goff having uh, a year that looks again like his rookie year under Jeff Fisher, not pretty Mm -hmm. at all. Which of the two are you more concerned about in the long term? I'm certainly more concerned about 
Jared Goff. I, I think I think Wentz can work out of it a little bit. It's just always the thought of when's he going to get injured. With Goff, I think Sean McVay has done a great job of hiding him the last couple of years. And I'm going to get set off on a rant here, and I don't really want to, even though it's the fourth question. I think a lot of people are trying to take aim at Sean McVay just because they're jealous. What Sean McVay has done and what people are bringing up, well, now he's being exposed. What do you mean he's being exposed? You mean Jared Goff isn't being exposed? That o- that offensive line, you have Andrew Whitworth, who's as basically as old as Art Donovan right now. Then you have nobody else on that offensive line. Havenstein's been a disaster until he got banged up. Uh, for the most part, you have nothing else. You've had Cooper Cup still coming back from injury this year. Todd Gurley is not the same running back. He's aged like Jack, like Robin Williams and Jack, right in front of our very eyes. And I'm getting told that Sean McVay is the one who's overrated. I want an answer from you. Unless you're about the fan of eight franchises, the other 21, would you or would you not? I think I'm being very generous with eight. Would you or would you not go pull a rickshaw to have Sean McVay be the head coach with your quarterback? I want to know that. Hey, Jets fans, including Tom, would you go get Sean McVay right now instead of Adam Gase I mean, to be the head coach with, with Sam Darnold? <laughs> exactly. On. Exactly. So what Sean McVay did for two years, and you saw this first happen with Jeff Fisher, is what he did was mask the problems that Jared Goff had until this year because I told you after that Super Bowl that the Patriots – did what the Patriots do, which is expose you and make you beat them with what the very best you have, and you're still at the end of it, even if you win, they're going to expose you. And then it's up to other teams to beat them. That's what makes Lamar Jackson that much more incredible right now because they do try to expose him. They just got beat, and nobody else can touch him. And so now I have people who want to take shots at Sean McVay, and ultimately it's because it's jealousy because they have a fuddy-duddy, terrible coach in their own right who they think is putting their quarterback behind the eight ball, and so they're jealous of a guy like Sean McVay. When they'd go out and do anything to get Sean McVay with their team. In fact, teams are trying to go get Sean McVay lights to try to help out their own football team, like Zach Taylor, who's basically the Aldi brand of Sean McVay right now. No, you know what? I shouldn't say that because... Aldi brand will actually fill you up and is a pretty good value. What am I getting out of Sean Ta- <laughs> out of Zach Taylor right now? Nothing. Next. All right, final one. ESPN I mean, if you're gonna week. if yeah. you're gonna hate somebody, you can go ahead and hate. Just be honest about it, okay? Please, just go be. I I, I can say I've told you this before. I hate Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. I respect the hell out of them. I respect John Harbaugh. I think I can. I admit both things. Is that possible, Tom? Can we do this as grown men? Like, yeah, it it burns my ass every single Sunday I see Lamar Jackson go crazy for the Baltimore Ravens. Because I I fought for Lamar Jackson before that draft, not knowing that the freaking Ravens would be the one to draft him, and they'd be paired up with John Harbaugh, and they would change the way we talk about football forever. So, yeah, it really frosts me, even though I just said burn, it really frosts me that that happens. But I can still respect it at the same time. Sorry, go ahead next. All right, last one. This came as a little bit of a shock to me when it dropped this week, but the prospect class incoming for the NBA draft is not very good this year. And as a result, LaMelo Ball has been placed by ESPN as the number one prospect in the NBA draft class as of right now. He is currently playing in Australia, obviously not playing uh, college basketball here in the United States, where he has now posted consecutive triple doubles in the last couple games causing some hype to clearly be swirling around him. So, Ken, if you had a top one, two, three, four-ish pick in the NBA draft, would you be considering going down the road with this ball family again? Can I trade? I think that I'm, that, I'm that weirded out by the dad. 
the dad did a great job. You'll, you always argue me about this. He did a good job getting his son drafted number two by the Lakers. I'll always give him that credit no matter what. I think he's a goofball and a you-know-what, but I think that he's uh, a dip bleep. But I also think that he's um, I also think that he's ultimately, that's what a good father does, don't they? I mean, we can argue about what constitutes a good father and what constitutes a good person, but I, I look at it in the same aspect as Cecil Newton. You can say whatever you want to about Cam and call him scam all you want. Cecil Newton says, well, you, you're not going to throw me in the hooskow for it. I'll go ahead and I'll claim it. I can respect that, actually. I know that's a warped way of looking at it, but I can respect that. For LeVar Ball, LeVar Ball tried to get his own terrible brand of clothes out there, and that's something that's ridiculous. And I know that he put the boots to a lot of people, and that's ridiculous too. But he also had a son who may or may not have been a top-five pick. He got him to the destination that he wanted. And ultimately, that's what you're supposed to do for your children. That said, if I'm one of these top-drafting teams, it'll probably be... Maybe the Cavaliers, maybe the Knicks. Uh, I, no, I, I'm sorry, I can't do it. I can't have dear old dad walking around the balls of my stadium or my arena. I can't have dear old dad acting like a goofball around me. I can't do it. I, I simply cannot allow it to happen. We're trying to build something here, and if the, and if the worst is the worst, I don't think you're that good. Right? I just simply cannot pass up on you. You're not Zion, so I would probably try to trade out of the pick if I was forced to have to make a pick something there, then maybe I'd go somewhere else. Doesn't it eight, look five, like five. perfect Knicks, Ken? Oh, it looks God. like perfect Knicks. I'm going to throw up all over the place if I don't get a chance to talk about Urban Meyer getting a chance to be better than Nick. Next on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.